1: Celtics Stuff Live.
0: Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. It's me, Justin. It's John the Duke. And the Celtics, we're in the summer. And the summer league is over. So we're about to approach this doldrum period. John, you know, it could be. Well, it's definitely going to be three months before we're really talking about basketball. And it's probably going to be two months before we really get excited about being able to watch some basketball and everybody showing up to training camp and all the fun stuff. Um, but in the meantime, we're here to bring everybody through the next couple of months. And we do have to talk about Summer League. We have to talk about one of your faves getting cut. And then Kemba is going to be in town. By the time anybody listens to this, it'll be today. We're recording uh, the night of the 16th, but he comes into town, and I love it on my favorite number, 17, coming into town. <laughs> oh, so we'll talk God. about the impact of Kemba, Kemba Walker will have on this Celtics organization. I, I don't think we want to belabor the Al Horford thing, but I do want to give a shout to, you know, good friend Bobby uh on Celtics blog with a good article on Horford and he is beside himself about the Celtics letting Horford go and and I'm actually pretty pretty okay with it um so I don't know maybe maybe we'll give maybe we'll give Bobby a little bit of love on the on the Horford tip you
1: know since uh he's hanging on to it we we can i I'm yeah we'll we'll talk about that a little bit i I I read Bobby's piece and yeah i think there's there's I think I'll tell you what I think's going on is I think there's a lot of stuff that got thrown at a lot of people in the first week of the of free agency, and I think we totally haven't come to grips with all of it, and uh, so we'll we'll get into that later on. But I think that you know I don't know if you want to start with summer league or you want to start with Kemba, but
0: uh, let's start with summer league and just you yeah. know put that one to rest. I mean, it's kind of a disappointing sort of finish in a way I know Carson Edwards really tried to to, to resalvage that game oh there in the second half and just going off but it's just kind of funny that they would lose the first game after going undefeated during the quote-unquote regular season of summer league as they head into the quarterfinals and the playoffs et cetera. but uh, overall just a great performance when I didn't get to watch that first game And so I pulled up the box score because we were heading home from the beach and everything, and I pulled up the box score and took a look at it, and I was shocked because I kind of expected more minutes for the guys at the end of the bench when they saw that Mm -hmm. loss, not the same rotation that had been playing all the way through. So that was a surprise to me.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you blow a team out and then you play them two days later, I, I felt like that had a lot to do with the result as much as anything. It was, it felt like, you know, they gave the
0: overconfidence that a young, young men can have.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I thought, I really thought that we really wasn't the best game from Grant Williams. I didn't think he really played all that exceptionally reasonably, you know, I think the fact that Tremont Waters was even present was unbelievable given the horrors and his family. Yeah, support.
0: So, yeah, you know, that's a really, that's a big deal.
1: Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot there and, you know, so, you know, it seemed like everyone felt like, oh, well, (laughs) we weren't that upset about losing, but they're just, it felt like the Psalms got what they needed out of summer league. They got a lot of games. They got some positive growth. Ever got a chance to show what they can do uh, and leave a positive um, remark in the minds of not just the celtics but but even for other teams I mean guys like Onowaku and uh devonte green those guys they all really go <laughs> in Harrison zone well, and it didn't have a great great time. everyone else really had something positive that they can build off of, and I thought that's really what everyone could have hoped for and now the question is. Uh, really with some, some roster I thought juggling. I were going to say
0: Taco Fall. I thought you were going to set it up well, with Taco Fall. Yeah.
1: But I mean, Taco you're Fall right. is with the there. cutting
0: of Yabu. There's an extra roster spot that we didn't think they were going to have. Before we talk about that extra roster spot and like the Taco Falls of the world, um, on this roster, cause right now Waters has a two-way contract and a lot of people have said, well, you know, they could sign fall to the two-way and give Waters that spot potentially. I think they're saving it for maybe somebody who shakes out in the big man department. I think they're waiting. Just 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 keeping that flexibility right now. They don't have to do anything until training camp, so they might as well wait it out. But are, do you see three people? I kind of see three people that are going to get some minutes in the rotation this year just based on the departures of Rozier and Morris and Horford. I think Carson Edwards has a role off the bench. They're going to need scoring. They're thin – Uh, somewhat at the guard position, although he's not a facilitator. I think this almost seals Marcus Smart coming off the bench in a lot of ways because they're going to need somebody who can set up the offense and Edwards could sort of come in and be the smaller guy while Marcus kind of plays point guard on offense and defends the shooting guard on defense. I think they could mask that um, anytime they're that thin. I know the rotations don't always work out exactly like that, but for the minutes that Edwards might play coming in off the bench, I think that's how they would want to work it. And then, uh, it's hard not to see Robert Williams having made a case for some minutes, maybe not a lot of minutes. But, again, thin at the center position, um, made a lot of improvement over summer league from the beginning and uh, taking some instruction from the coaches. I think that was super positive because that was one of the question marks, right? It was attitude a little bit in school and uh, a little bit around the injury. So that was nice to see. And then, obviously, Grant Williams, uh, it's hard not to think that he would get some minutes as well. Brad typically goes with a 10-man rotation. So as usual, it's how does he work out some of those bigs? You know, we've got this, what is it, um, Vincent Poirier. We talked about him last time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he winds up earning some minutes, Daniel Tice, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Williams and Williams are the two that you're kind of like, mm, you know, maybe one of them doesn't quite crack it. Maybe the other one does. Uh, but but the minutes are there. But I think Edwards, if I had to rank the playing time going into the season for these younger guys, you know, again, they're all going to be under 10. But I think I would go in order Edwards, Williams, Grant, Williams, Robert.
1: Um. Hmm. You're
0: going to go Robert Williams ahead. You can't take anybody ahead of Carson.
1: I think he can. I think he can. Not because, because... of how thin the position is. Because, because and also because of who's playing ahead of Carson Edwards. I mean, Kemba Walker is going to get 35 minutes a night, right? So, 32, 35 minutes a night. I was going to say,
0: I hope he gets more of the Kyrie treatment, you know. You know this is the turning point, you know, I, and he's already had a lot of minutes on his body. And I know he's, a, he's in great condition, so don't get me wrong. If anybody could do it, somebody who's in that kind of physical condition, but... I think I'm at hearing, this point, let's preserve him.
1: I'm hearing Nick Gelso in the back of my mind saying, ah, load management. You know, I think – <laughs> I know he likes to breath, bristle against those things. I just feel like, yes, I, I think you're right. I would love to see them put more on, on some of those wings, let more of those guys because I think – they're going to need that. You need to see more playmaking out of Hayward. You need to see some out of Tatum. I think that's a strength of his. I think we want to put more more on to Jalen Brown. You know, you can't have this strength on the wing without giving them some opportunities to show what they can do, and so part of that I think is to load manage and and, pull and don't back you
0: think they'll gameplay. play small a little bit just so that people are in the right position? I, I mean, I, I think they could get really small at certain occasions, kind of like what we did during the IT era. I could see them getting really, really, really small
1: this season with the lack of depth and experience in the front court. I think you could see Grant Williams as your five at times. I think you could That's, see. Yep. Absolutely. You know, I think that's. I. I don't think they'd go smaller than that. I mean, six five for God's sakes, but I don't see Hayward or or Jalen or or Tatum in that five spot. But I could absolutely see Grant Williams as a five, a small ball five, not unlike what you'd see from PJ Tucker in in Houston. I think that's kind of the the archetype that you're looking for there. He needs to become a better three point shooter. He's shown that a little bit in, in summer league, and you put him with. Wings that can do everything and, and a point guard who can just devastate anybody off the dribble. And that's pretty, that's pretty devastating. It's pretty difficult to beat. The problem is, is you got to be able to rebound and it's not just a a Grant Williams problem. It's a Jalen problem. It's a, it's a, it's a Hayward problem and it's a Tatum problem. That's the pro, that's, that's the difficulty with the, the, the way this roster's. Well, that,
0: that's in Robert Williams favor because during summer league, he absolutely was great
1: on the glass. And that's what I'm, that's why I'm saying I almost would flip it because I think you look at what he did and, uh, you know, I've listened to, uh, you know, Corrales and, and, and the Rain and Jays. And I, I guess I just go the other way on this. I feel like the past, what I saw, let me, let me back up. What I saw from Robert Williams in, in summer league was a couple things. Scalabrini was absolutely right in saying that his, his worst side of the ball is not the offense. It's the defensive side. But if Robert Williams can get himself fundamentally in the right place, in the right time, and not overcommitting and not jumping at every time someone raises an eyebrow, and can stay home and can try to find ways to keep his back to the basket and slide over and help in the right situations, he he can be a great defender. But as it sits right now, he's a better offensive player than a defensive player. I think they get to that point.
0: Yeah, especially uh, the passing. What exactly. a leaper, though! I mean, it, you know, just all of the raw talent that everybody's been talking about mm-hmm. is so clearly evident. I mean, I am just blown away by how high he can jump. And I, I think we might have talked about this last week too. But even when he positions himself, he doesn't really get low. He kind of jumps like a pogo stick, according to Corrales, and that's a really great observation. But just imagine. You know, once he gets a little bit more fundamentally sound, what he's going to look like. I mean, it, and, and, and maybe it's going to be a trial by fire thing this year. I mean, guys don't develop without minutes. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And it's a great opportunity for him. Um, if they don't lean on kind of the older foreign players that they brought in,
1: I don't, you know, and I, I, that's right. And I, while I could see there's a rational, Point to say, well, if you play Cantor, you know, twenty-eight minutes, and you play, you know, tie seventeen, you know, and you leave a, only a couple of minutes for whatever. I mean, that's that's good enough, Empoyer. You know, I I don't think that that's really the way it's going to work, though. I think Robert Williams is going to is going to have ten to fifteen a night, and he's going to have an opportunity to show through the passing. He just he seems like a guy with a plan now. You know you saw him at the end of those seasons and and he got hurt it threw him off i mean he missed most of the summer league he missed most of the opportunities where he could have played in the middle of of uh last season you know when, when other people were hurt so this was the first time we've you know he was able to string together a number of games and I felt like he came with a His plan. head was
0: in the right place just exactly. the interviews and the sincerity to the interviews and and but e- but even more so, some of the responses in the interviews showed also preparation for the questions, which actually is a good sign because preparation and being ready for not only the game, but the game outside of the game is important. It shows commitment. It shows that there's some studious nature to what he's trying to do, and you'll see it all over the Internet. The NBA always goes with the smarter players. There's freakish athletes that don't get playing time because for everything that they can do, it's all the points they give up, not being able to play team defense. It's always you know going and trying to use that athleticism to score buckets instead of making the right play. And that winds up costing teams more points than they'll ever get from the athleticism. It just is always a net negative. And so seeing him... Take that on is, is excellent. It was one of the reasons I was really high on Jalen Brown back in the draft is I just knew, you know, he was a studious guy and he had this incredible athleticism. What a great young core though. You know, Brown, if Robert Williams does get the time to develop, um, it will definitely ease the pain on Horford. We'll, we'll have a lot of pain and growing pains along the way, but imagine next season. With a a full season of decent minutes, 10 to 15 would be great. And you've got Tatum and Brown and Williams, you know, in that young core plus a Marcus Smart who you can really throw in there. You still got four really solid players to build your future around. And at the same time, you've got Hayward and you've got Kemba to kind of steady that transition along the way. It's really, really exceptional stuff. So. We're going to talk about Kemba here in just a minute, but you can follow Celtic stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS media network at CLNS media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS media in your app marketplace. The YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash CLNS media for high definition, full length locker room interviews and the garden report with Jared Weiss, and I'm also going to tell everybody about our fantastic sponsor. Baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with betonline.ag. John, who are you watching this week?
1: Well, hey, the Sox are – they got to make some headway here. <laughs> Lost the Blue Jays here uh, earlier today. Here on Tuesday, so I'm open for a big weekend against the Orioles this weekend. That's somewhat down your neck of the woods, ish.
0: Then all the in-laws are Orioles fans, so uh, good. Let's uh, root for, like, yeah, for the Red Sox. Yep, root for the Red Sox. <laughs> Bet against the uh, the in-laws and the Orioles. And you know what? Though it's a great place to come watch the Sox play. I will tell you that. Great park. But guess what? Because you're loyal listeners of Celtic Stuff Live and CLNS Media, we're giving you an extra 50% added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash CSL and use the promo code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. And again... Support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash CSL and use promo code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus, and please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. So, John, let's just get right into it. Kemba's going to get announced. It'll be today by the time anybody's listening to this. Um, and he's going to have a, a great impact. We just talked about the young core. We, locked up, we talked about Summer League and maybe some players to watch once the season gets underway that would be able to make an impact. Um, you know, you talked about Carson Edwards, who, you know, really made a great showing, but he's going to get pushed down maybe a little bit by minutes from Kemba. We talked about managing Kemba's minutes, but let's talk about Kemba's play on the floor as a leader and talk about his impact in the locker room. I don't want to, you know, really vomit the conversation that's been happening on everybody, but I think it's really hard not to get excited about the possibility that this team will be back in position to exceed expectations instead of coming in and uh, really underperforming.
1: No, and, and I think Kemba allow, really sets the tone for that. I think he allows, everything has been glowing that's been said about Kemba Walker, whether it's from Jim Calhoun, whether it's been Steve Clifford, everyone who has worked, I mean, even the, even the, the Charlotte organization has been incredibly positive about Kemba Walker, the person, Kemba Walker, the leader, uh, he has been an exemplary Probably
0: one of the most gracious franchises to watch a player exit in a long time.
1: Absolutely. There's
0: there's definitely been a few scenarios, like Kevin Garnett was another one. But you know how I feel about Kevin Garnett. You know how I felt that that presence was was missing in the locker room. We talked about it all season long, even while you were still pining for Kyrie to come back and get Anthony Davis and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. I still said that that was going to be a major missing need. And Al Horford wasn't fulfilling it either. He's a great leader by example, not throwing shade his way on that. But at the end of the day, they needed, you know, a real, like, strong personality. And I think Kemba's different than KG. Yeah. But I still think that he's a little more vocal and a little more fiery and a little bit more passionate in exactly what this clubhouse needs.
1: You know, the, this is – I had a long chat today. I don't want to go down this road, but I'm going to just very briefly detour. Uh, Zach Lowe was on the Bill Simmons podcast, and Zach Lowe – Bill Simmons was saying – they started talking about Kyrie, and he said something effective. You know, we all heard – there was a lot of stories. You've probably heard even more stories about things on Kyrie's way out of town in Boston. And, and it just was very hush hush and, and they didn't really go much further into it because it seems like Zach is sitting on some, some stories to tell later in the summer. So I, I think there's going to be a deluge of, of, of stuff that's going to come out. Um, but the reason why I kind of bring that into it is we really don't know exactly, publicly, we don't know exactly what, what happened, what caused. The only thing we know is that the leadership was not. It was uh, absent. Fr- it was well it's
0: completely absent. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I mean, and if it, it was wasn't not, completely yeah.
0: absent, it was completely undermined.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I think that's great. So you've got it, at the very least, we'll say it's it. It was not from the from the kids' perspective from the Tatum Brown group. um There certainly wasn't this this overarching jump on my back boys feel um, it was jump on my you know don't worry about it when we get to the playoffs I'll take care of it and then obviously the Buck series just went the way it went so do you see that happen that seems like the antithesis of what you would get from Kemba Walker you know you wouldn't have bizarre situations of saying no I'll take the honest wait what why uh, no I got Middleton wait why <laughs> You know, that's Dude, not if gonna Kemba, Kemba Walker, Walker
0: could just make a flat earth reference, the world is around reference, I mean, the fan base would go bananas. I'm just, we're so ready now for somebody like Kemba to come in. Like, I think the excitement when they announced the starting five on opening night and they announced Kemba's name, I think it's going to blow absolutely up. I mean, we were excited for Kevin G- Garnett. But there wasn't this same kind of thing where the year before was rough and it was like, thank God Mark Blount is gone and we now have Kevin (laughs) Garnett, right? There was not that kind of a swing. And I feel like with Kemba, there's going to be that kind of a swing, but he's got his head on the shoulders so straight that I just feel like he's going to just weather that storm and just go out and play the game of basketball. I see him as passionate, but
1: on a totally even keel. I, I don't. See, I don't, I don't know if that that's, you don't the, see the fire. I don't think people are excited about Kemba Walker. I think they're excited about not having Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I think that's, and, and, and I think it quickly, that would be,
0: quickly, that's foolish to me because I mean, Kemba is, you know, like a lot of times people would talk about John Wall, you know, yeah. and say, oh yeah, he could become available, whatever, then the injury, he doesn't finish out the season and everything else, but Kemba is, Kemba's that guy. And, and I'm really surprised that if you're saying people are, I, I think there's a swing there and, and maybe it doesn't hit on opening night. Maybe people just fly off the, maybe opening night is, Hey, we're glad we have him and not Kyrie. And we're so mad, but it won't take long. I don't think yeah. the fan base to just be like, man, I'm glad we have Kemba.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I, I think, I think here's what I think is going to happen. I think they'll be grateful and appreciative. And then I think Kemba Walker is going to build his own legend here. That's what I think is going to happen. I think that he's not going to be in the rarefied air of Isaiah Thomas. I know that sounds crazy to longtime Celtics fans, but in terms of – Over the long haul, maybe, but not in the short term, like one season craziness. Well, in, in the current Celtics fandom, I think there are few people who are held as high esteem as Isaiah Thomas. I mean, KG and, and Pierce, but but Isaiah. Is, You're right. What
0: he did and what happened. That's to modern him day. And, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that.
1: Those guys are a decade ago, right? So in the modern Celtics fandom, it's Isaiah Thomas is is the the gold standard, and I think in time Kemba Walker is gonna is gonna get. I don't know if he's gonna get to that point, but he will be appreciated because almost to that level because of the comparison. And I think that's going to happen by the time we get to, let's say, Christmas. There'll be a lot of Celtics fans throwing their arms around Kemba Walker because of the way he carries himself and the way he plays. And the the fact that the Celtics will not be uh, a team that will uh, be so far under expectations. Now, some of that goes to other guys. But to me, I think the Celtics fandom are going to love Kemba Walker. But I'm not sure they're... As all in, it's this isn't like trading for KG. This isn't even you know really like trading for Kyrie.
0: I think that has less to do with the Kyrie swing and all that, and has more to do with the loss of Horford. Though it's you, what you're describing is the excitement around the team. Is not as big because they didn't because they traded for Ray and KG and went from worst to potentially first and it did wind up being first. But But I don't, I don't, but I don't think we have that same kind of buzz because we still have this bad taste of an underperforming team last year. And I think that that is an additional factor to why that isn't going to happen. If Horford stayed, I might spin that around on you or you know. But I think because of that, that's what's causing the deadening. Yeah. Of that of that sort of embracing. But when they right. see him just clutch killer hit shots and right. everything that Kyrie didn't do against Milwaukee and everything he sort of animated he would do, um, I think Kemba's gonna have that. And I think that's the comparison with, you know, Isaiah. Isaiah. Absolutely. Because it was always, you know, we never saw the Kyrie Irving in the fourth quarter stat as often as we did with Isaiah, remember? And the team was worse with Isaiah.
1: And well, that's why. That's why. Cause he was well, there. There was nothing else. I mean, Isaiah, I mean, look, there was the 25 straight points either assists or makes by Kyrie against Toronto. He, he had his, his opportunities. It's just things fell off the table, obviously. Pretty quickly for the whole team, but I I think I think you nailed it though. The team disappointment or the team expectations being a a dip lower. If they found a way to have kept Horford and Ad Kemba, yeah, I think we would be we would be going nuts right now because we because because we would legitimately be in the conversation with Philly and Milwaukee. Uh, you know, it would be a three team race as opposed to a two team race and the Celtics hoping they can get involved. With all the front court being as it is, I think it's difficult to expect too, too much, uh, more than a three seed.
0: All right. Last question before we wrap. What do you kind of expect from the announcement? You think it's big fanfare or do you think the Celtics just kind of do the press release and keep it simple or do you think they really try to, to build them up? Which way are they going to go? With the expectation setting on Kemba and 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 how much fanfare do you think Kemba even wants?
1: Well, they've already so again we're recording this the night before the the, the press conference, but they've already put a banner outside the, the 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 front of the the TD Garden saying "Welcome Kemba Walker." Now there's also the piece of this where he's wearing the number eight, so there is. I think they are trying to build something. To me, the Celtics realized that. A lot of the work they need to do is internal. I feel like Kemba Walker has more to do with what they need to fix inside the locker room and inside the practice facility than it has anything to do externally. And if they fix the internal, it fixes the external. I think that's the approach. I think that they're going to pump him up to some degree. They need to sell tickets. They need, I'm sure they lost some uh, support in in the season ticket world uh, from last uh spring to until now and they need to pump that up to some degree but the truth is that they recognize if they don't fix what's inside they're they're going to be in a much worse way because right now you've got in the world we're living in every every single player can ask out of wherever they are at any moment i mean how long before we get you know the next uh person under contract star under contract has to be traded somewhere with more than a couple years left on their contract (laughs) it's gonna happen nick that's it i'm not doing
0: Celtics stuff live anymore i want to be traded to Celtics beat
1: exactly (laughs) yeah right because i said so yeah that's where we are it's crazy man you know so i know you're right it's it i don't know where it's gonna go but it i think that i think they will try to pump him up but i really think the work has to go between I think they wanted to
0: person. be sincere and I don't think they want to overdo it. That's what I'm that's kind of yes. my take on it. Yes. I don't think they want to overblow it up because I think that they will feel like, you know, not the, necessarily the pressure on Kemba, but that the fan base will be like, "Come on guys, don't sell us a load of baloney, right? This team isn't better than last year." And I think they want to you know, like you said, they, they don't just have work to do in that locker room culturally. They've got a little bit of PR to work on too. There's, there's some disgruntled nature and you know, they'll never have a problem selling tickets and all of that, but they want that buzz back and you know, they need that buzz around the team and they enjoy it. And so, um, I think they want to make sure that they set the expectations the right way. And again, if this team overachieves, you know, they'll have accomplished the best, you know, sort of emotional swing with the fan base as possible, but. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLMS media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. By the way, why don't I go first name and you went last name on that a heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic stuff live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to show. And for the staff writer, Semi ding-dong Elias. Executive producer Larry H. Russell and the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, And my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin and Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtics Stuff Live.
1: Celtics Stuff Live.
0: So we can't spend a lot of time on this, on the outtakes, but I want to throw kind of like a weird curveball about the culture. And it kind of occurred to me while we were talking during the show. But there was also a lot of staffing changes that happened over the last year, year and a half. You know, and you heard a lot. And and again, there's many. There's assistant coaches as well. But remember Celtics trainer Brian Dew?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. There's a
0: lot he of did. conversation about Brian and, you know, his impact in the locker room, and he's a fun – like, I remember seeing him when I was still covering the team. I mean, I don't even know how long ago. But he just had that kind of, like, really cool air. And you, you didn't just say – when you said they have a lot to do in that locker room, you said also that practice facility. And that's what really kind of triggered me. And it made me think, you know, that kind of day-to-day grind, and I get it, they don't get a lot of practice once the season's underway because they're traveling and things like that. But when they do, you know, I wonder sometimes how much these guys that we don't hear about, that they don't talk about, that maybe you get a little bit of insight. I remember Sean Grandy speaking really highly of Brian Dew. Mm-hmm. And Sean's a pretty good judge of character, even if the, even if he's quite the character himself. And <laughs> and so so Brian, he would appreciate that. By he the would. way, if we he still would. did interviews. He would appreciate that. So all I'm saying is, I wonder, like if if like a little bit of staff turnover, you know, sometimes you know causes some ripples too. And I, and I don't. By no means am I saying that's the biggest one. I just wonder if that helped the
1: seams come a little bit looser, even during the the year. I think I think you're on to something with that to some degree. I think, you know, what Walter McCarty left, right? Um, uh, B uh, who and those are two guys who who really found connections with some players and you know what was one of the common refrains is that the communication or the connection between Brad Stevens and some of the players wasn't um you know wasn't always great or wasn't as what could be expected. So I think you're, I think that could be, could be something there, but that's also, you know, you've got a lot of people who are relatively no, new in their situations. I mean, you still got Johnny Joe. You still got, you know, some guys Micah who've Mike Shrewsbury.
0: Around. That was another one.
1: Mike is gone now. Yeah. I mean, Mike obviously came in with Brad, but like, you know, you wonder. The comment was, well, let's bring in a former NBA player who can, just like Walter could, you know, could have that, that dialogue and, you know, have that. Carol Lawson might just be the best possible person who could fit in that world, who can, can speak both languages, can speak the, the Brad Stevens language, but obviously is a hell of an accomplished player. And in the, I think what I'd say is the Celtics have a bit of an enlightened you know, locker room, I think. I think you do have guys like Jalen and, and I think smart guys like Hayward, MAGA stuff uh, aside. Uh, but eh, you know what? That's you, a really good point. You, you, know, you, you do have some young players, but they're mature
0: in their outlook on the world.
1: Tice, I mean, you've got, you've got guys from other countries, other cultures too. Yeah, uh, world, and Cantor, Cantor,
0: Tice. Cantor, look, um, I mean, his political stances, you sure. know, and his willingness. So you're absolutely right. There's, you know, there's a healthy, uh, set of, uh, perspectives and, you know, com- I, I can just, man, I'd love to travel with the team on the plane
1: and just hear totally. some of the conversations. They should just sell that. Like you should be able to like win a contest. And I mean, I know, this, oh,
0: really I know what you're saying. So like HBO does with like the NFL, you know, preseason and yeah, they,
1: yeah that would yeah. be really
0: cool. Awesome.
1: That would I, be you, cool. But, but you know, I think, you know, to go to kind of wrap up what you were saying though, that when you look at the Brad Stevens era, you've never seen anything like this happen, right? You go back beyond. Go back to—I mean, I'll go back to the 40 years I've—I've been watching the Celtics, or whatever. 38 years I've been watching the Celtics. Um, This has never happened before. So, what are the common threads, and what are the what are the things that you can tie to? And I think that everyone says, "Oh, there's a lot of people to blame," and there are a lot of people to blame. But the more you hear, you do look at Kyrie's responsibilities. And I'm not saying at the beginning of the year, but something happened. And I really want to know what that something is because the guy at the start of the year was passing too much, diving for loose balls, going for every offensive rebound. And, and it wasn't clicking with the team. I don't know why no one else was doing it. He was doing the extra stuff. No one else was. Then you get to the end of January and obviously the team was, was a a real, a real mess. So I believe we're going to hear some stuff probably over the next couple months, in the dead season, Stuff to keep the NBA writers, <laughs> keep them employed. And it's going to, it'll, it will probably not look great for Kyrie and in part, probably not for the Celtics, but more so for, uh, yep. for Mr. Well, Irvine.
0: can't wait for it to surface. And I know you do <laughs> as we love with the outtakes. If you're still listening and I mean this truly, you're welcome. <laughs>